Amen. We're going to be turning to Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through chapter 6, verse 3. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 through Hebrews chapter 6, verse 3. I know that's not normal, but they, they all go together. So we're going to read it together. Amen. It's always an honor to be able to minister the word of the Lord behind this pulpit. I count it a great privilege and honor, and I'm very grateful and thankful. Uh, I do hate the circumstances. Brother V is, is a little sick today, as some of you may know. Um, but here in just a moment, we're going to go ahead and pray. Why don't we do that, actually? Let's just go ahead and let's pray for, for Pastor V before we get into the word tonight pray that God would heal him. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you, Father, for your healing power and your, your great, your great uh, goodness and mercy towards us. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would let the healing virtue of the Holy Ghost flow into Pastor V's body right now. And I rebuke every bit of sickness. I rebuke every pain. I rebuke every stomach problem, every stomach issue. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I declare healing over his body. For by your stripes we are healed. And I plead the blood of Jesus over him right now. Let strength come back into him. Right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for it. Amen. If you believe it, give God some praise. Amen. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12, and chapter 6, all the way to verse 3. The Bible says, For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, everybody say teachers. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Verse 1 of chapter 6, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of the doctrine of baptisms. That's plural. That's talking about baptism of the Holy Ghost, baptism of water in Jesus' name, and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. I, I read verse 1 again. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation. Amen. So tonight I am going to teach. I am not necessarily going to preach. I know I've said that before and I end up preaching. I don't know what's wrong with me. But I'm going to do my very best to teach tonight. Is anybody going to help me teach tonight? Anybody ready to go to school tonight? Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for everything you've done. 
Thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. We love you, Jesus. And we're praying, God, that you would move in this place and speak to us and give us revelation and understanding, oh God. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us, give us ears to hear what the Spirit would have to say, eyes to see, mind to understand, and a heart to receive it. In the name of the Lord Jesus, anoint these lips of clay to declare your word, and we thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone say amen. Clap your hands one more time into God and give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We are all called to teach. We are all called to be teachers of the word. And so therefore the title of this lesson tonight is Teachers of the Word. Teachers of the Word. In the opening text, we find Paul addressing the church about their lack of spiritual growth. That's a lot of us, isn't it? Sometimes we lack spiritual growth. Paul calls them babes. You probably wouldn't like if Paul was your pastor, would you? Because if you weren't doing good, he'd call you a big baby. Yeah. That's what he did right there to the Hebrews. He called them babes, unskillful in the word of righteousness and in need of being taught again. The sole indicator that they were spiritually immature and babes in Christ was the fact that when they ought to have now been teachers of the word, they again needed to be taught the first principles of the oracles of God. The fact that they could not teach indicated that they were babes in Christ. Let me say that again. That is very important. The fact that they could not teach the word indicated that they were babes in Christ. We see Paul admonishing the church that we all ought to be teachers of the word. Everybody say teachers of the word. He's admonishing the church that we ought to be teachers of the word. But instead, many of us are still a bunch of babies. If we cannot teach, we have not yet become what we are called to be. Write that down in your notebook. We're having class tonight. If you cannot teach the word in some form or fashion... We have not yet become what we are called to be. Somebody say amen. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Go ye therefore and teach. Everybody shout teach. And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the name. Everybody say name. That's Jesus in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And so we see Jesus 
telling us right before he leaves. The man of God talked about it on Sunday night and God had already been dealing with me about this message before he preached it. It was just a confirmation that this was the right thing to teach tonight. But he spoke about it. It was the last words that he said right before he ascended back up into heaven. He said, go into all the world and teach the gospel unto all the nations. Somebody say, I'm a teacher. And so he said, teach them all things or teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And that would imply that if you are going to teach it, you must first know it. You have to know the commandments of the Lord. You have to know the word of God. And if you can really, truly know the word of God the way you ought to, you should be able to teach the word. Somebody say amen. So Jesus called us to teach the word of God. Everyone under the sound of my voice is called to be a teacher of the word. Now, a lot of times you hear that you're called to preach the gospel. That is also true. You are called to preach the gospel. We're not going to go there right now. We're going to talk about teaching the word. You are called to teach the word of God. If you are not teaching the word, we have to conclude, as Paul concluded, you are immature. Can I speak like Paul or do I need to sugarcoat it tonight? If you are not teaching the word, we have to conclude, as Paul concluded, you are immature. You are a baby. You're too childlike. You're unskillful in the word. Man, Paul was throwing some insults at some of us, wasn't he? He was throwing some insults, but he, he has to do this sometimes. The man of God has to do some things that are hard, say some things that are hard to prick us, to get up out of our comfort zones and do what God has called us to do. Somebody say amen. If you are so unskillful in the word that you have to be taught the basic things of God again, you are immature. Can I, can I talk plain tonight? It's time to grow up. Why don't you slap your neighbor who's sleeping beside you and say, grow up. Slap your other neighbor and say, grow up. <laughs> Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. You big baby. Yeah. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Let me say it again. By reason of use. You've got to use what God has given you. By reason of use, you can't just be a hearer of the word only, but a, yeah, you know the word, you know the word. You got to be a doer of the word also. And by reason of use, they have their senses exercised. That means they've been working out with that word. They've been using that word and lifting some things that are heavy, some things that, that cause resistance in their life. You'll never grow if you don't face the resistance that's in your life. 
So they, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You can't handle strong meat if you are not able to feed milk to a baby. Is that too revelatory for you? You can't handle strong meat if you are not able to feed milk to a baby. You can't handle the meat of the word if you cannot teach the milk of the word. Are you hearing me tonight? Just, just as a little baby cannot feed another little baby some milk, so you cannot feed somebody else spiritual milk if you're still a spiritual baby. But once you start growing up a little bit, you're able to eat some meat, right? And once you are able to eat some meat, now you're able to pick up a bottle and give the baby some milk. Just because you're consuming meat doesn't mean you're going to give out meat. But you have to at least be able to teach the milk of the Word of God to people. I understand that, that we're not all called to expound upon the Word of God and give you meat like a man of God may be able to or like a preacher may be able to. But if you are strong enough to consume meat, you're strong enough to handle a bottle and give some babies some milk. You ought to know the basic things of God so much that you don't have to be taught again. But rather you can teach it for yourself. Can somebody say amen? amen? If you have to continually be taught the basic things of God and you cannot handle the deep, strong meat of God, that means you're a babe. Every time someone comes up against you with a belief contrary to the word of God, it ought not catch you off guard. You ought to be mature enough that you can teach them what the word of God says. Don't just tell them, well, just come to my church and my pastor will preach about it maybe someday. No, you should be right there. God sent you as the teacher, as the preacher for that moment. You ought to know the word of God enough that you can speak and declare the word of the Lord unto that hungry soul. You should be mature enough that you can tell them the word of God. You ought to be able to tell them. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. You ought to be able to tell them that, that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. It was only God and it was only one God. And that in John 1 and 1, it said in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And you ought to be able to tell them who the Word was was because verse 14 says and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory of as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth come on somebody i preach for a minute i preach for a minute you ought to be able to tell them that except a man be born again of the water and of the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God and that's why Peter said repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost 
get back in teacher mode. You ought to be able to tell them that without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. You ought to be able to tell them that there's only one God and that there's only one way. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that Jesus is the only God. That Jesus came wrapped down, wrapped came down from heaven wrapped in flesh and died for our sins. You ought to know the milk. I just gave you milk. I just gave you milk. You ought to know the milk. Good enough. Strong enough. You've been fed it plenty of times. You've been growing in it, right? So now you can go tell other people. And when they have a contrary belief, you tell them, no, the word of God says this. Did I read any of that? No. I quoted that, not to brag on me, but we ought to be getting the word inside of us. We ought to know the word of God so much that we can declare it at any moment, at any time. I'm not talking about meat right now. I'm talking about milk. Amen. But not only should we know the milk, we should be getting into the meat. Because it is the meat that strengthens us to be able to give the milk. If you're a grown-up still drinking milk and that's the only thing you drink, you are very unhealthy and very immature. Your body has probably not grown. It's probably not even working right. It's probably not even functioning right. Because you need meat in order to be able to feed milk. That's why Hebrews 6, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Now, is it saying, let it, let it loose, don't worry about it anymore, uh, quit preaching about the doctrines? No, 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 no. What kind of Bible verse would say that? It's saying you need to grow on top of it. You need to stop dwelling on that, and that's all you know. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. These are all doctrines of milk. These are all uh, the, the word of God as milk. We cannot continue to stay at that place. We cannot simply just lay down on the foundation but we have to build upon the foundation. If we're going to be able to give milk, we have to first know the milk and begin to grow into being able to contain meat. Amen. Some of you know the basics but aren't ready for strong meat. It's time to grow up. Tap your neighbor and say, grow up. You've got to build on top of the foundation and not get stuck trying to lay again the foundation that has already been laid. In order for you to be able to grow past the basics, you will need to be able to give the basics, which means you, would, you yourself would need strong meat to sustain you to give milk to the babies. A mother cannot feed milk if she's not eating meat. And the Bible says that, that Jerusalem, which is the beginning of the church, is the mother of us all. That's us. We're the church. And we are the ones that help birth new converts, new people into the church. 
And if we, the church, are still drinking milk, we cannot give milk to new babies. We have to mature. Somebody say amen. amen. And if you're in here thinking that you know the basics and you know the truth, that's good. Props to you. Then it's time for you to begin to teach the things you do know. Because when you get out in the field, you're going to get hungry. Do I have any workers here? Hope everybody works. If you get out in the field and you start working, you start getting on that construction site or whatever it may be, you get hungry after a few hours of that, don't you? And you don't want no milk. Oh, come on now. You don't want no milk. I've had plenty of milk. I, I need some meat or else I'm going to die out here. I'm not going to have any energy. I need some meat. Why? Because you've been out in the field working. If you'll get out in the field and begin to teach the word of God and teach the milk that you do know, you'll be hungry for the meat. The reason you, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. The reason you come into church and you're not hungry for meat is because you ain't been doing any work. can't teach it if you can't teach it you're still immature if you can't teach it you're still living off milk it's time to grow up and build upon the foundation we are called to be teachers of the word we have been given the holy ghost so that we can feel good oh y'all caught it y'all caught it we have been given the holy ghost only so we can make it to heaven the Bible says, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power, and you shall be witnesses unto me. You have been given the power of the Holy Ghost to go reach the world. You have been given the power of the Holy Ghost to become witnesses. You are empowered. If you got anybody got the Holy Ghost, raise your hand. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you're empowered. You have it in you. It's inside of you. God will not leave you. He said it in, in, the, in verse 29 of Matthew, uh, Matthew 19, 29. He said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Why? Because you're in the field. You're in the field. You're doing the work of God. You're empowered to do the work of God. So what do we need to do? Let me get back to teaching again. In order to be teachers of the word, we must get ready and stay prepared. We have to get ready and stay prepared. We need to be prayed up and studied up. We need to know the word of God. We must be ready at all times. Second Timothy 4 and 2 says, Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. He said you've got to be ready to preach the word or can I say teach the word at any moment in season and out of season. That means when you're expecting it and when you're not expecting it. That means when you had a Bible study uh, planned and when, you, when you're talking to somebody at the gas station. You have to be ready to speak the word of the Lord. 1 Peter 3 and 15, if that wasn't good enough for you, this ought to be. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always. Everybody say always. 
and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Why? you got to be humble when you're talking to them, but you also have to have the fear of God upon you, realizing that this moment right now that God has placed me in is a moment I cannot miss, and I must declare the word of the Lord to them, or else this may be the only chance they ever get to hear the word of the Lord. With meekness and fear, you've got to be ready to give an answer. You've got to be ready to give an answer. Is everybody okay tonight? Next thing we must do is we must learn to meditate on the word of God. Joshua 1 and 18. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. He said you should meditate therein day and night. Another verse is talking about he who is blessed. It says in Psalms 1 and 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You need to have the word of God on your mind and in your heart every day and every night. It needs to be a continual thing. If you're going to be ready to teach, you've got to know the material. Brings me to my next point. We must study the word. How are you going to meditate if you don't study, if you don't dig in? 2 Timothy 3.16, why, why do we need to study? This is why. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The word of God is all that you need. You need to get into the word. That is your teacher's manual. It's everything you need for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You need to study the word. Psalms 119 and 11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. The word is in you so that you won't sin, so that you can give it to other people that they won't sin. 2 Timothy 2 and 15, here's, here you go. Study, everybody say study. Study, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You need to study. Why? So that you can be approved unto God. Who wants to be approved of God? This is not just talking to preachers here. If you want to be approved of God, get in the word. Study the word. Know the word. You're a teacher. We are teachers of the word. Brings me to my next point. You need to be consuming the word of God so, so much that you, that you know the word of God. So what do we need to do? Read the word daily. Don't make excuses. Don't have just one day out of the week that you study the word. Read the word of God daily. That's why he said his, his law, he, he does meditate on his law day and night. That is every single day. You need to be in the word of God every single day. People don't like that kind of preaching I hear. I said you need to be in the word of God every single day. There's a few more that may like it. I said you need to be in the word of God every single day. Somebody needs to say amen whether you like it or not. Deuteronomy 17, 18 through 20 says, 
is talking of the future kings of Israel. The Bible declares this regular reading will prevent him from becoming proud and acting as if he is above his fellow citizens. It will also prevent him from turning away from these commandments in the smallest way. And it, it will ensure that he and his descendants will reign for many generations in Israel. When he sits on the throne as king, he must copy for himself this body of instruction on a scroll in the presence of the Levitical priests. He must always keep that copy with him and read it daily. Do you see that? Do you see that? Read it daily as long as he lives. That, that way he will learn to fear the Lord, his God, by obeying all the terms of these instructions and decrees. There was a lot of promises right there. There was a lot of benefits right there. But it all centered around reading the word of God every day. Listen, if you have enough time to get on social media, you have enough time to get in the word. If you have enough time to turn on the TV, you have enough time to get into the Word. You don't have an excuse. I don't want to hear it. Don't come to me after church and say, I'm too busy. If you've been on your phone, you have enough time to pick up this Word right here. Read it daily. That's your teacher's manual. We're called to be teachers. Amen. The, the next point, abide in Him. Abide in him. John 15, 7 through 8. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. So let me sum this up very quickly. Abiding brings forth fruitfulness and produces disciples. That is the will of the Lord, that you would abide in him so much that you would become fruitful and produce disciples. We must learn to abide in his word and abide in his presence through prayer. You see, the benefit of being a teacher of the word is you don't only have to know the book, but you can know the author of the book. And you can spend time with the author of the book. And the author will tell you secrets about the book. Come on, somebody. The author will tell you revelation about the book if you'll spend some time with the altar he'll tell you what he was meaning when he wrote it you need to abide in him we're talking about being teachers tonight you're a teacher of the word you need to abide in him to become a good teacher amen we are teachers of the word say we are teachers of the word well I don't know how to teach the word well, there are many methods to teaching the word. One way is witnessing, witnessing of the power of God that, that has been evidenced inside of you. Go tell somebody what God has done for you. Another way is Bible studies, or we can call it Bible discussions, because people get intimidated when we start talking about Bible studies. You can call it Bible discussions if you want to. It can be as simple as just talking to your friends or your family about it, or a coworker about it, or your school your schoolmate about it. Uh, this is this is ways that you can teach the Word of God. Another way would be to start a life group. Everybody say life group. It's a very important thing. I'm just teaching tonight, by the way. We're, we're just teaching tonight. But life groups, life groups will help you grow as, as not only as a member of a life group, but as a leader. We need more life group leaders that can grow more people. There's a place for you to teach the word. There's a method for you to teach the word. 
Small groups, get you a biking group together. Get you a basketball group together. Get whatever kind of group together and talk about the Word of God. This is how you're going to be teachers of the Word. Another way, the most common way that you know of is preaching or teaching to congregations as I am doing right now. But there are many methods to teaching the Word of God and everybody can find their place in teaching the Word of God. Somebody say amen. So for a minute, I want to talk, before I close, I want to talk about the method of Bible studies. Is this okay? I want to talk about the method of Bible studies because Bible studies are very important and Bible studies are one of the most effective ways of teaching the Word. I want to focus on Bible studies for a bit because it is something that everyone can do. Everyone can do. Everybody in this room can do that. Amen. Not everyone can preach. Not everyone can teach to a congregation. Not even everyone can lead a life group or teach a class or lead Be Free. But everyone can teach a Bible study. Now, I don't want you to get intimidated by that word like I was talking about earlier. Bible study seems to strike people the wrong way and automatically their nerves are on edge and they begin to make up walls and make up excuses of why they can't teach one. The deal is a Bible study can be something as simple as taking someone to lunch and intentionally working or, or talking about the word to them. It could be as simple as having someone over for dinner and intentionally having, the, having a conversation about something spiritual or something about the Bible. That can be a Bible study. And that doesn't sound as hard, does it? You invite somebody to lunch and you just make sure you steer that conversation into the Word of God. That is a Bible study. Anyone can do that. Right? Right? Anyone can do that. If you cannot do that, guess what? You're a baby. Y'all like Preacher Austin better, don't you? If you cannot teach a Bible study, it is because you are spiritually immature. Is that not what Paul was talking about at the beginning? If you cannot teach the Word of God, you are spiritually immature. You are a baby. You are a little, little baby. <clears throat> so you're still a babe in Christ. It doesn't matter if you've been in church for 40 years. If you cannot teach a Bible study or teach the Word in some form or fashion, you are still a baby. You have not grown up enough. You have not matured enough. You're still drinking milk. You're only surviving by the milk of the Word of God that the pastor has to preach sometime. You're, that's the only way you're surviving. Because if you, had, if you were eating meat, it would be because you're teaching the milk. Therefore, natural age never indicates spiritual maturity. Natural age never indicates spiritual maturity. How long you have been in church never indicates spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is indicated by how many Bible studies you're teaching. Spiritual maturity is, is indicated by how many people you're witnessing to. Spiritual maturity is indicated by how many people you're talking to, the, to them about the word of God. With that being said, what are you doing not teaching Bible studies? We're talking about the word to people. What are you doing? What are you thinking? What's the matter? 
It's time to stop making excuses. And it's time to go teach the word. If you're not prepared and you don't know the word enough, that's a big indicator that you need to get in the word consistently every day because you're immature. Everyone in this church needs to get to the point that they are teaching Bible studies or teaching and talking about the word in some form or fashion. Call it whatever you want to call it. You are called to teach. We are teachers of the word. Somebody say amen. To all the preachers, young preachers, and people who feel called to preach, go teach some Bible studies first. You'll learn to preach while you're teaching it. You have no business behind the pulpit if you cannot and will not teach a Bible study. How hypocritical for you to say, yeah, I'll preach to the whole congregation, but I won't teach a Bible study to one person. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to do it. You're, 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 you're just, you're full of yourself. To be willing to preach to congregations but not willing to teach individuals shows your motives. You don't truly care for souls to be saved as much as you do for the light to be shined on you. You're more self-minded than you are soul-minded. But I'm not just attacking the young preachers today or those that feel a call to preach. I'm talking to everybody because we tend to be more self-minded than we are soul-minded. If it will promote us, we'll do it. But if it's behind the scenes, I don't care about it. That is self-mindedness. That is not soul-mindedness. We've got to have a soul-mindedness about us. Somebody say amen. And so everybody can and should teach Bible studies. So let me give you a few quick tips on teaching Bible studies. This is really what I wanted to get to today. First of all, tip number one, get rid of all the excuses. Get rid of all the excuses. We're going to help you here in just a minute. But literally, if you can read and you can talk, you are qualified to be able to teach a Bible study. There are no excuses. The only excuse that is valid is that you are too immature and you're a baby and you need to grow and go study and pray. That's the only excuse that's valid. And it takes you getting rid of your pride to admit that. So here's some common questions and excuses. Number one, I don't know how. You can easily learn how. By an exploring God's word or search for truth Bible study chart and start studying the teacher's guide. Watch Morel Cornwell on YouTube teach exploring God's word to a couple. He's the one that wrote that Bible study. You can do all of these things. Join someone else in a Bible study and see how it's done. Buy some other apostolic Bible studies from PentecostalPublishing.org. I'm helping you tonight, okay? I'm teaching. Write it down. Write it down right now. PentecostalPublishing.org. Buy some, 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 some apostolic study Bibles or, or Bible studies. Either one. They're both good. Amen. But the two studies I mentioned above are like $45. It's $45. $45. Now, that may sound a lot, but that's not a lot when you're talking about learning to help save souls. If you can't afford spending any money, that's okay. The Bible never fails. Anybody got a Bible? If you've got a Bible, you can teach a Bible study. Man, I'm preaching some revelation right now. 
Y'all ain't hearing it. All right, here's Revelation point number seven or whatever. And in the words of Nike, just do it. <laughs> Write that down. Make sure you quote it. Make sure in the words of Nike, you don't want to plagiarize, you know. Nothing teaches like hands-on involvement. If you will just go do it, you'll learn how to do it. Here's another common uh, rebuttal, a, a common excuse. I don't know how to start one. Number one, look for people who you think would benefit from the word and simply ask them if they'd like to sit down with you and study the word of God with you. Ask them if they'd like to grow in the knowledge of the word. Ask them if they'd like to grow spiritually. Every person is going to be different, so how you approach each individual should be thought out carefully. But you, all you have to do is simply start a conversation about the Word of God. That's how you start a Bible study. It's not that hard, folks. The devil wants to put all these things in your mind to make you not want to do it, but it is not that hard. <clears throat> Remember that bait matters. The way you approach somebody matters. Bait matters. Why do I say that? Matthew 4, 19 through 20 says, and he says unto him, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. You are a fisher of men. Everybody in this room, not only are you teachers of the word, but you are fishers of men and your bait matters. Amen. To follow Jesus and become a fisher of men, you will have to leave your nets behind. Get up and just make it happen and leave behind your pride, leave behind your comfort, leave behind your insecurities and anything else from your current lifestyle that would hold you back from teaching the Word of God. Leave it behind. If you're going to follow Jesus, you've got to drop your nets and follow Him and go be a fisher of men. Amen. Another excuse. I don't know, I don't know who needs one. All right, here's the solution. Find somebody. It's good stuff, isn't it? Find somebody. Who needs one? Essentially, everybody needs a Bible study. I need a Bible study. Brother Patton needs a Bible study. Brother David Hughes needs a Bible study. Sister Voskis needs a Bible study. Why am I saying that? We are never too mature to learn more about the Word of God. Anybody is a candidate for the word of God. But what you would really want to be seeking for is those that are non-churched, those that do not come to a church at all, uh, new members of the church. If you find somebody new to the church, they just come and get baptized. They just come and get the Holy Ghost. You need to be targeting them and going after them and saying, hey, I want to do a Bible study with you. This is good practical teaching tonight. You need to go find those new people because I've seen it time after time after time. New people will be sent by God and they'll get on fire for God and they'll last about two weeks and they're gone, never to be seen again. Why? Because they never got grounded in the Word. Just going to church on Sunday and Wednesday wasn't enough for them. They need somebody to feed them milk every day. You can't have a newborn baby that's born again in the spirit and leave them on the side and only feed them three times a week. Wednesday and Sunday, that ain't good. 
That ain't good. You need to get the word of God in them and help them grow. So you need to be looking. I'm trying to help you tonight to find people to go talk to, talk to about the word of God. Another good candidate would be those that are spiritually dead or stagnant. But don't go up to them and say, hey, you're dead. You ain't done nothing for God anymore. And I need to teach you a Bible study. That's not with meekness nor with fear. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Is everybody good? Everybody ready to go home? Let's go just a little bit more and I'll be finished. Another, another excuse. I don't know how to prepare. That's a, good, that's a good excuse. I don't know how to prepare. All right, here we go. Gather some materials. Get the Bible studies I talked about. Study it. Learn it. Read it. And pray. That's how you study. That's how you prepare. Pray for the anointing and pray for direction from God. Pray that God would open up their ears. Pray that God would anoint you to be a vessel that he can use and speak his word through. Just like I would here at the pulpit. You pray for those things. You study it ahead of time and go teach the word. That's it. It's not that hard. Go teach the word. Here's another excuse. I'm shy and I don't know how to connect well to people. That's really my testimony. For those of you that have known me since I was a kid or a teenager, I've been shy, don't connect well with people. Even today, sometimes I struggle to, to be an extrovert. But God put his anointing on me, and he called me, and I had no choice but to go after that call. And as I did, so can you. If you're shy and you don't know how to connect to people, God has called you. I've told you right now that God has called you to be a teacher of the word of God. So go yield to the call and I promise you God will anoint you and God will give you boldness. I'll tell you one more secret. Go spend some time in prayer. Go spend some time in prayer because prayer is the place that you find boldness. If you will go pray you will come out with boldness and you will be able to overcome your insecurities and be able to teach and preach the word of the Lord. Amen. Another excuse. What do I do or this is more of a question. What do I do after I teach my first Bible study? Keep it consistent. The key to effective Bible studies is consistent connection. They need real fellowship. You can't just feed a baby one or two times. You need to continue sticking with them. Amen. Another excuse. This is probably my favorite excuse. I don't want to. I think some of you said that tonight in your minds, or maybe it was in my mind. We'll see. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. This is probably the most common excuse and the most and the poorest excuse. This shows you are not at all about his kingdom and winning the lost. You're not about giving. You're all about consuming. Instead, you're, you're, you're all about building your kingdom and winning people to you and your desires and your goals. And you're not about the kingdom business. I don't want to. That's not an excuse. Another excuse, I don't have enough time. Lie. The truth is you don't have enough priorities or you don't have the right priorities that's the truth if you are absolutely jam-packed with your schedule and there's no open times it's because you have your priorities wrong you make time for what you want to do 
Another excuse, this is the last excuse and we're coming to a close. I'm afraid they will ask me something I don't know the answer to. Is that not a common excuse? That used to be my excuse for a long time. I'm afraid they will ask me something I don't know the answer to. Here's the solution. They probably will. But I've learned the most when I didn't know what to say. Let that sink in for a minute. I've learned the most when I did not know what to say. Because you want to know why? When I didn't know what to say, I said, I don't know what to say, but I'm going to go study. And I'm going to figure this out. And it drove me crazy if I didn't know what was I supposed to say. It drove me crazy if I didn't know that part of the word of God. When you don't know what to say, you're going to grow. You're going to grow. So that's not really an excuse. That's just a reason to go do it. It'll push you out of your comfort zone. And guess what? You will start growing. Amen. Amen. Don't ever be afraid. This is just a quick tip. I'm teaching tonight. I told you that so you wouldn't get your expectations up to, for me preaching tonight. But I don't, don't excuse me. <laughs> Lord, help me. I'm used to preaching, not teaching. I guess that's my problem. <clears throat> don't be afraid. This is what I was trying to say. Don't be afraid to say, I don't know. Be honest and say, I don't know, but I'll research it, and hopefully I can give you an answer by next time. It's okay not to know everything. Actually, it's probably comforting to the other person to know that you are a real person, too, and you're growing as well. Amen. This will ultimately produce exponential growth in you and, of course, in the person as well. Soon you will find yourself teaching the Word, fulfilling the Great Commission, and accomplishing what you are called to do. And you are called to be a teacher of the Word. Somebody say amen. And so I'm coming to a close. I do want a piano player for a little bit. But you cannot keep making excuses. It's time to grow up and put your big boy britches on and be teachers of the word. Because the answer to church growth is not necessarily another program, although programs help. It's not necessarily another system, although systems are important. It's not more musical instruments or better sound equipment or cooler looking lights. That's never been the answer. The answer is not even beginning to build on the new sanctuary, as exciting as that may be. The answer is sitting in the pews right now. The answer is you. You are the answer to church growth. You are the key. You are the called and the chosen to go do the work of the Lord. If you will go and teach the word to everyone you can, this church is going to grow. This church is going to grow. If you will step out of your comfort zone and yield to the call of God on your life, this church is going to grow. There's no great reason for us to go build that new sanctuary until the ones in this sanctuary will do what they're called to do and reach this world. Somebody say amen.
You can stand tonight as I'm closing this lesson. I close this lesson tonight with a few questions for you. How long will we remain in our comfort zones? How long will we remain complacent? How long will we continue to make excuses? How long until we finally commit to the call? You are called to teach the word. We are called to be teachers of the gospel. We have been given the power to do it. Don't let that power inside of you go to waste. We are called to be disciples and go make disciples. Everyone is a teacher. Everyone is a minister. Everyone is able. And everyone is called. And the need is great. So what is holding you back? I've already obliterated all your excuses. You do not have an excuse. What is holding you back from doing what God has called you to do? And I've come to ask you one last question tonight. Who is going to commit to doing it tonight? And this is why I wanted the piano to come up. Because if you're committing to God, it's a lot more likely that you're going to commit out there if you'll first commit up here. If you're committing to do something to teach the Word of God, you can call it Bible studies, you can call it uh, talking about the Word, I don't care what you call it. But if you're going to do something to start teaching people the Word of God, I want you to begin to make your way up. This is not to show anybody else but to show God. That's fine if you don't want to teach the word. You can stay a baby. You can stay immature. But God has called us to teach. And if you are willing to teach the word in any form, in any fashion, call it what you may. If you are willing to come up, I want you to come up here and begin to lift your hands in surrender to God. Showing that you are yielding to the call of God that is on your life. Because I close with one last verse. Luke 10 and 2, therefore he said unto them, the harvest is truly great, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors into his harvest. I've come to ask you tonight, where are the labors? Who's going to be a laborer tonight? Who's going to be a laborer for the harvest? Who's making a commitment? Who's knocking off all the excuses? Who's laying down the excuses at the altar? Who's going to drop their nets tonight? Come on, who's going to drop their nets tonight and follow Jesus? You're not called to be fishers of this world. You're called to be fishers of men. You're not called to your business. You're called to kingdom business. Go make disciples. Go teach all nations. God just spoke to us. God just spoke to us in practical teaching tonight. You need to lift your hands and begin to pray. You are called to be a teacher of God. You are a teacher of the word. You are a teacher of the word. It's time to yield to that call. I need to hear you praying right now. I need to hear you praying right now. Come on, give it to God right now. Give up your insecurities. Give up your fears. Quit being afraid of what others will think about you. Quit being afraid of making a fool of yourself. I used to be afraid of it, but I got in a prayer closet, and God called me, and I've got to go preach the gospel now. And you have been called, and it's time to teach the gospel. Come on, yield to him right now.
Yield to that call right now.
that if we would step out, you're going to go with us and you're going to anoint us and you're going to empower us. We thank you, Jesus. We give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody clap your hands to the Lord.